Hi listeners, this is Anjana here. Welcome to BL Podcast. How do you usually buy your makeup? If you're like me, it was mostly offline. I remember the first time that I bought a lipstick. I had to go to a store, test the shades and then choose the one. But today, like any other item, I can buy most makeup products online. Many of us are doing this. According to a recent analysis by Red Sea Research and Analysis, since 2020, there has been a jump of 140% in online shopping rate in India. But there is a problem. How can I be sure the shade of foundation or lipstick that I bought online is the one for me? That's where artificial intelligence comes in. If you go on the website of several beauty brands, they would have some tool that uses AI to determine this. This has the potential to enhance the online experience and it could boost the cosmetic industry. But how are cosmetic players integrating AI into their online stores? To talk about how AI has revolutionized the cosmetic industry, I spoke to Deep Ganatra, group CTO, The Good Glam Group. Listen in. So we are talking about AI and how it has revolutionized the cosmetic industry. Could you just take us through how was the journey to be a player in the cosmetic industry before ai came to came into the picture and how was it now so what is the difference that you can see so in a in a simple example right back in 2016 or 17 you know uh, let's talk about customer service right uh, as the scale started increasing we started facing manpower crunch right because okay. people sent queries and everything and the most basic thing is right uh, people expect replies quickly and at that that was the point where there were some basic ai tools i won't say there was nothing uh, but uh, but more or less it was powered by humans right so we used to man humans based on number of chats they receive a number of calls they receive so for example let's say 250 calls in a day a person can handle then for the chats you know 3 400 chats and then if you exceed then the wait time increases and in the end the summary to summary of everything was people used to ask basic questions like where is my order uh, i want to return my order how do i do that on all those basic things right so then you know we started slowly adding more uh, tools for automation uh, ai driven mainly and then we started noticing that about ai is helping us to reduce the workload by 30 to 40% in some use cases 50% right uh, the basic ones right uh, and then we thought you know if this is what is helping and where humans are not required to answer certain questions mm-hmm. so wherever humans are not needed let machine handle it right and now we have reached a stage where even machine can be human okay right? by what i'm trying to say is that uh, if you are chatting with the bot bot will talk in the natural language in a manner that the, the person on the other side may not even come to know that you are chatting with the bot right yes Uh, right obviously it has a dangerous side as well so uh, but it needs to be used well and this is the stage that we have reached so that 30% to 40% gap in a short span of time at least say in a year or so then you will realize that the 20% are humans and rest machines are doing this job mm-hmm. where you are getting a summary the actionable items for okay. you to do machine is doing itself so that's what i see Okay so you're basically saying that right now we are in a state where it is humanized technology that's working and 
And how do you see that change in the cosmetic industry specifically? How is it helping it? I talked to you about the customer service department. Now I'll talk to you about the specific, about Hmm. the cosmetic, right? Exactly. Uh, You know, about three, four years back, we introduced something called as uh, virtual try-on. Virtual try-on. Now, now when you look at it, you will see that every other company is using it. Yes. But, but, But that was the period where people were trying to bridge gap between offline and online where people had issues like, you know, I want to try this shit, but since I don't have it, then, you know, I should be able to do it. I can do that offline. Why should I buy online? You know, people mm-hmm. had certain reservations when they're trying new lipsticks and all. So that was the gap these basic tools solved. Now we are reaching a stage where we do skin analyzer where it will tell you uh, skin properties, dark circles and a lot of things. And then it will tell you the, give you the products. Now mm-hmm. we are also experimenting in a stage where, you know, if you want to really deep dive into the skin, Saying that, okay, you have these, these, these things. You may want to try certain things, which may not be even our product for that matter, right? Okay. Uh, so that kind of deep understanding also of a human's face can be done using AI, which was not possible earlier. Cosmetic industry, lipstick, I told you, the skin-related products, it can be easily, mm-hmm. uh, people can easily try and uh, the AI can recommend it, right? So okay. these two things I personally felt are amazing for the cosmetic industry at least. Okay. So I have a question on this. So do you think that uh, the the pandemic has actually resulted in creating this kind of a space for the cosmetic industry? Like we were all doing everything online. So for example, if you want to buy a product, if you want to do a try-on. So we have to depend on technology. So do you think that something like an AI uh, has actually emerged during at that point of time, like during pandemic? Or post-pandemic, for that matter. So I would say actually, pandemic helped to speed it up. Okay. Uh, because that thing was anyway happening. But what happened in the pandemic that you know people started getting bored at home and they started shopping. Yes. And when you they when you try when you want to engage the users when they can't even go out, mm-hmm. then the companies like all us also started thinking innovative ways to keep those users engaged. Okay. Right. I mean, you won't believe in the pandemic stage, we had mm. lipstick sales, sales to be one of the highest. I mean, if you imagine this way that people are at home, what will they do with lipstick? And right? also when we were stepping out, we were wearing masks. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. but, but it just, it just a different thought altogether. Females felt that, you know, I'm at home. I'm okay. in the meeting. I need to look well. Okay. Right. I need to apply the lipstick as simple as that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or some, some people, even though they are not on your meeting, but they feel that I need something mm-hmm. to make myself beautiful because I'm not going to go out anyway. That thought process led people to spend more time on the internet. And for the companies like us, we started looking for innovative ways to keep them engaged. Okay. Right. So the AI played good role because that whole personalization piece, we started becoming very aggressive on it because earlier our personalization was based on the segment. Now, during that pandemic stage, our personalization started based on every person. Okay. So we know your personalized choices mm. based on your behavior on our properties. And that's mm. how the AI works and recommends the products. So yes, oh. uh, it did help. Yeah. Okay. So whenever we start a project uh, or whenever we think of implementing AI or let it be anything, any kind of projects, we do have certain end goals, right? In our mind. Okay. So if I use 
AI, I should have this kind of a result or I should meet this kind of an end goal. So what was your end goal when you started thinking of implementing AI in your uh, products? Yeah. So there are two goals basically for different, different segments. So for example, when we are uh, using any AI related tools or uh, models on our mm-hmm. e-commerce website, our end goal is either to increase the engagement of the user that can be turned around, that can be counted as number of uh, minutes on the time basically spent on the app. Mm-hmm. And the other is the direct commerce, which is the conversion, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, tools like Virtual Try on the Skin Analyzer had two goals. Hmm. The primary goal, obviously, was to increase the conversion rate. And the secondary goal was to create the engagement where people are actually spending more time Hmm. on the app to try out things, try out different shades of the lipstick, try out, you know, analyzing their skins and checking different products. Okay. Do they spend more time and by giving them the product which are actually right for them, it helps us to convert them quickly than the person not using it and surfing it and searching the right products for themselves, right? So the goal was very simple there. Yeah, the conversion and the engagement. So uh, what is the conversion rate looking like at, as of now? No, so the conversion rate actually varies uh, on every season. We have different, different segments. Mm-hmm. So I won't be able to tell you any fixed conversion rate, but what mm-hmm. I can tell you is using these tools, mm-hmm. we definitely saw roughly about 25 to 30% jump in the conversion rate okay. uh, based on what we had. So have you noticed any sort of consumer behavior in uh, like a difference in consumer behavior when it comes to someone who is buying it from a physical store and from a virtual store? Yeah, so now see the the, let's say, our own behavior when we mm. go to us our goal is to check out few things and then try out few things let's say if you're trying lipstick mm. then you will try a few shades yeah uh, on your hand or maybe you will try different products and check it out right so that's the gap we felt we could solve it online which mm. basically we solve it via virtual try on thing mm. the other gap you know people still face it sometimes that you know when they go to a store mm. uh, they don't find certain products there Okay. they would still want it right want it so that gap maybe the things that we will try to solve is like they place the order there they're like many websites do it right mm-hmm. and you don't worry it will get shipped to your place so you get what you want nowhere mm-hmm. no matter where you are right so even if so even if you're online that product is not in stock you go to the store and pick it up by placing the order online okay so this way the the bridge people mm-hmm. always have a thought right if I go to offline store, if I don't get that particular product, which I personally like it. Okay. Yes. Because yes. you have made up that mind, right? Many yes, times, yes. even with the clothes, you're like, I like this. And then exactly, it, it's not there, right? So huh. that's the problem we are solving right now. Okay. And uh, no matter. Uh, so that's the experience enhancement where mm-hmm. people ever think that, Are stock mein nahi hoga okay, we have the answer for you. You still get it. Okay. Right. So that's the difference. There are some differences. One of those is mm. what we are going to solve now. Okay. So, so that's what I feel. Uh, slowly, slowly, the gap between the difference of difference between the online and offline mm-hmm. will slowly, slowly come down and narrow down. Experience will be almost similar. Obviously, there is a different charm in going to the store and trying out things, yes. which we'll never be able to match and we should never. Now, the thing is, you know, when this whole online world started, mm. we all started thinking that it will kill offline. Okay. Uh, but the reality is both will have to work hand in hand. Otherwise, nothing is going to survive. Right. So 
if online wants to survive it has to merge and understand offline world mm-hmm. if offline mm-hmm. has to survive it has to understand mm-hmm. online world because both have their own advantages and disadvantages the whole idea here is to fill those gaps okay. and make the life easier for the user so mm-hmm. i will never say that you know offline is not good offline is definitely it's still a huge market compared to online online is a tiny percentage right okay so <laughs> so offline is going to stay it's just the gap that we reduce that's what we all uh, need to aim so we spoke about virtual tryon and also skin analyzer right so yeah. what is the kind of research that is put into when we uh, develop an ai tool we do a basic research but then more than research uh, we believe obviously after doing research you do more in the execution because yes. when you are building ai tools there are very high chances of failures mm-hmm. right it is it's not something that you code a function or program and then it just works with few bugs okay but here this is a machine learning that it has to learn it has to understand it mm. has to develop itself mm. right you have to keep tweaking the algorithm so for mm. example when we even do the personalization to the user level right we don't roll it out to 100% of the users at all okay right we do lot of ab testing to understand how this particular model is behaving Hmm. and if we need to start making changes mm-hmm. and then that's how the model gets developed that's how this any any machine learning algorithms needs to be tried and tested so for example let's say right now if you go to myglam or any of our goodlam groups property the home page will be completely personalized to you it, yeah. so that thing when we rolled out there were instances where some of the personalizations were really odd Okay okay right some mm-hmm. actually did not give us the conversion rate that we were expecting mm-hmm. right so slowly slowly we tweak the program slowly slowly the models got tweaked and then we have reached the stage where we feel that okay uh, after certain r&d we can roll it out to 100% of the people mm-hmm. right so that kind of uh, trial and error is required even after research on any mm-hmm. ai tool mm-hmm. for that matter so- yeah so you believe that we need to keep tweaking the algorithm so we need to keep tweaking even after there is a sort of research that is done for any 100% all yeah. right it's so never complete it's never so it's a, it's like learning it's it's completely yeah. it's always yeah. open yeah so i have one more question to this so when ai came into picture did you ha- hire someone new to those to the team for uh, intense research on ai and how to develop uh, tools and all that frankly speaking no Okay. because i firmly believe that you should upskill the upskill the people that you already have mm-hmm. right because uh, you know is ai is not something where you need someone with very very specific skill set unless mm-hmm. you are developing a product with very niche and specific skills then obviously you will need certain people for that right okay. for the use cases that we have we were very comfortable that the current data science team or the current team members mm. were skilled enough Mm-hmm. uh to do a one up on what they were doing and mm-hmm. see figure out uh, you know how we can use ai or any of the ml models in a much better manner so okay. to answer your questions no we did not hire anyone we upskilled our people speaking from that point i have one more question so do you think that ai tools can kind of replace the offline experiences or do you think that offline is going to be there for like forever so it will actually enhance uh, it enhance. will never kill it will enhance kill. the experience yeah mm-hmm. it will never kill right i mean okay. 
uh, unless someone wants to suicide then it's a different story <laughs> but but the offline is here to stay let's be very very real offline world is not going to be that it is just that how we can use ai to enhance that experience then it's going to be very beneficial to all the businesses no matter whether they are online or offline but yeah uh, it so, will enhance for sure so maybe we can conclude that ai can be an enhancement tool rather than just being in itself obviously okay great It's going to make life easier for everyone we have spoken about virtual try on skin analyzer all this require our photos right we need to take our pictures and we need to send it across so what is the kind of uh, security or privacy that a uh, customer has or what do you do with these pictures so the way it works for us is like say when you so virtual try on for that matter it doesn't take any photos it is mm-hmm. just there uh, on live you try it out on so live, there's yeah. no personal yeah personal mm-hmm. data Uh, that's required which we generally yeah we don't store the photos or anything of the user okay. right and when it when it comes to the skin analyzer yes we do take a photo of the user but it is for the moment hmm. till the personalized results are given and the results of the skin are given to the user mm-hmm. and once that is done then it's been deleted so it's just for the processing purpose so if you go to our app also you do it once hmm. then you click on again it will still ask you to click the photo yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. we don't save it right so we are very clear that the the user's personal photos are personal those needs to be remain there till the period they are using that tool so we have different kind of skin tones we have different kind of uh, skin structures and all that so my question uh, here is so to tell me uh, that there is this is the kind of problems that your skin has you need to go through certain kind of research or you need to see certain number of uh, skin tones before right like you need to do that kind of research so uh, what was the kind of research that was put in to bring in something like a virtual try on and and give us personalized uh, recommendation i'm asking what is what is the kind of numbers that you have gone through like different kind of skin tones different kind of skin uh, structures so what was the research that was put in So see frankly speaking right now we have reached a stage in AI where you really don't need to start everything from zero okay right mm-hmm. uh, this kind of research is already available which others have done in different kind of AI models okay all you have to do is you have to keep enhancing those based mm-hmm. on the so for example let's say there will be some some AI models created for the mm-hmm. skin tones which may be suitable for let's say uh, white skins right or so for example you you work on those models and figure out how mm. you can make it work for slightly darker skin tones or even darker skin tones if you are going in a country like africa and uh, those places right yeah so those models are available you just need to work on the top of it to improvise and sometimes you we really don't even have to do it mm-hmm. it's very rare right okay. we are in a very comfortable stage of ai that you don't need to start from zero for everything Mm-hmm. right people have done good amount of work need to keep using those enhance mm-hmm. that work we are liking and your needs customize it and using it so yeah so so what do you think what is next for ai in the cosmetic space so the cosmetic space i personally feel you know this whole customer support piece obviously it's general though yeah. uh, that will take a next level for sure it is already taking in certain state certain uh, uh, industries right but as as a general i personally feel there are a lot of other fields where ai will play a huge huge role okay where you know uh, 
AI will end up becoming your assistants where it has become in certain manner, right? Mm-hmm. You, like in your emails, you get so many emails, you really want a summary of some of the emails. Like mm-hmm. say many times people send you emails saying that FII and it yeah. has a trail of like say 50 replies mm-hmm. and then people expect you to read it. It's a job that you shouldn't be even doing it. That's a waste, sheer waste of time, mm-hmm. right? That's just one very, very small example that I gave you, right? Yeah. There'll be many, many, say for example, accounting guys, right? They mm-hmm. do due diligence audit. Hmm. Sometimes you may realize that they are doing the same thing again and again in certain areas hmm. where AI can take out that part where the teams can spend the time where it is required. So that way in beauty also people start, you know, for example, earlier the skin analyzing part used to be done via machine and everything if you go to. So hmm. now the AI will become so strong that you really don't need the separate hardware for that. Okay. You just click a photo and you start learning out of it. Obviously, you need a good camera, which I don't think so. There is a shortage for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, so that is one part where we feel that it can go really, really deeper into it and get more accurate data, uh, at least for the color cosmetic field. And then again, this whole offline world hmm. where this whole uh, mixed reality thing is, hmm. uh, is going to become a huge, huge thing where it is going to play a huge part. That's what I personally feel. Yeah. Thank you, Deep, for joining us today. And I hope the listeners found this conversation insightful. We'll see you in the very next podcast. This is your host, Anjana, signing off.